HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. episode of Time for Lunch is brought to you by the wonderfully Michigan Montmorency Tart Cherries at ChooseCherries.com. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. It's time for lunch. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready? What shape are you? I'm long and thin on bottom and spiky on top. Hmm. Are you grown or made? I'm made. What's your job? I help get food into your mouth. And what are you made of? Usually metal, but there are some days where I'm plastic or wood. And where can I find you? Wherever you might be eating. Maybe in your lunchbox or in a drawer in your kitchen. Can you guess what I am? A fork! Before we get started learning about this super useful eating tool, let's hear some jokes. What type of tea does a soccer player drink? Penalty. Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in this episode, so listen carefully. This cold dessert that most of us eat with a spoon was once enjoyed with a fork. Until the year 1922. What dessert is this? The answer is somewhere later in this episode, so listen carefully and see if you can find it. Forks are pretty useful tools when you think about it. Sometimes it's easy to take for granted what utensils do for us. Utensil is a word that describes something that we use to interact with our food. It can include anything from a knife we use for chopping vegetables to a wooden spoon we use to stir our soup while it's cooking. Or, to talk about the topic of the episode, forks. My son Frank once told me that in the past, people didn't even use forks. Frank is right about that. I spoke with food writer and historian Dara Goldstein. 
She told me about the super long and interesting story of how we came to use forks here in the West, meaning in Europe and then later in the Americas. It all started about 1,000 years ago. When the fork was first introduced into Europe, it was the 11th century. It was a really long time ago. And it came from Byzantium, which is present-day Turkey. And people were really wary of this new utensil and very suspicious of it. They felt that food was a gift from God. And you should eat food with your hands, which are God-given as well. And suddenly, here's this metal utensil that gets in the way. Changing how you eat and what you eat it with is hard. How we do things around the table is defined by traditions that are passed on from one generation to another. Before forks arrived in Europe, spoons, knives, and fingers were the tools to use. The spoon is the oldest utensil. The early ones were just shells that you could use to scoop, and then they got handles. Knives were very important because of hunting, and you used the knife to spear things. There were some early forks that speared food that was on the table in communal bowls. They had these wonderful pre-plates, I guess you could call them, called trenchers. And a trencher is a slice of very sturdy bread. So if you had something like a stew, you put it right on the bread, and then you could scoop with that. I wondered when folks started using forks in the U.S. They didn't come into widespread use in the United States until the middle of the 19th century. So that's only about 150 years ago. 150 years ago? That's not as long as it sounds. That's probably around the time that your grandparents' grandparents were born. One of the interesting little facts about the introduction of the fork to the United States is that when John Quincy Adams became president in 1825, he wanted to have an elegant table at the White House. And he imported some forks and started using them. And people were really upset. They said, this is the end of democracy in America. Not only did forks take some getting used to, they were also expensive. Only the fanciest households could afford them at first. They were a luxury item, and the people who had them in the early days of the fork had a lot of money, and so they had very beautiful handles. And the handles were often made of precious or semi-precious materials. And there were many different kinds of forks with very specific uses. You had a fork if you wanted to eat oysters. You had a fork if you wanted to eat sardines. You had a special strawberry fork, a pickle fork, a lettuce fork. They even ate ice cream with a fork until 1922. Ice cream forks? Now that's crazy. We're going to take a quick break while I take a trip to the fork store. We'll be right back with more Time for Lunch. This episode of Time for Lunch is brought to you by the wonderfully Michigan Montmorency Tart Cherries. Did you know that there are more than 1,000 kinds of cherries in the United States? But there's one extra special cherry called the Montmorency that I want to tell you about. They're tart cherries, which means they're a little sweet and a little sour. Michigan produces about 75% of the U.S. tart cherry production. That's the state that looks like a mitten way up next to Canada. 
Montmorency tart cherries are grown on family farms and harvested in late July and early August. It's hard to find them fresh. 99% of the tart cherries are processed into dried, frozen, canned, and made into juice, so we can enjoy them all year long. Yum, I love cherries. Montmorency tart cherries are one of America's superfruit, which means they're good for you. Not only are tart cherries delicious, they provide nutrients and antioxidants that young eaters need to keep their minds and bodies healthy. Learn more about the wonderfully Michigan-grown Montmorency tart cherry at ChooseCherries.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. This episode is all about one of my favorite eating tools, the fork. Now, let's hear some more fun facts about forks. The points of a fork are called tines. In the Disney movie version of The Little Mermaid, Ariel uses a fork to comb her hair. Very resourceful. Hopefully it was a clean fork. The word fork is also used to describe two choices or two directions. If you come to a fork in the road, that would be a split, leading in two or more directions. European table manners say that a fork should be held in the left hand with the knife in the right, and the two utensils should be used together. Dance break! Thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for those fun tunes. We have a story in our family about the topic of today's show. When my brother was little, he loved talking about utensils. He once announced at the dinner table that in the 1970s, there were only spoons. And then one day he picked up his fork, which only had three tines, and said, This is a threek! And he was right. In 40 years of using forks, I'd never thought about the existence of a threek. There's nothing quite as fun and easy to eat with a fork as noodles, like spaghetti. You can twirl them around the tines of the fork to bring them neatly and deliciously to your mouth. I make noodles a lot, and there is no shortage of sauces and toppings you can dress them up with. Last night, I made noodles with pesto. To make the noodles, ask your favorite grown-up for some help using the stove. Bring a pot of water with a few pinches of salt in it to a boil. And remember, water boils faster if you watch it. Just kidding! Once your water is bubbling and hot, add your noodles. The packaging it came in should have instructions on how long to cook them for. Usually it's five to eight minutes, depending on the size and type of noodle. Set a timer, and while your noodles are boiling, you can decide what to dress them with. You can't go wrong with a little bit of butter, salt, and pepper. I like making pesto. I'll throw a bunch of greens, half a cup of olive oil, a handful of almonds, walnuts, or pine nuts, salt and pepper into a food processor or blender. For the greens, you can check the fridge to see what you have. I like using basil or kale or arugula. Then whir it all up till it's nice and saucy. When your noodles are done, get a grown-up to help you strain them. Be careful, steam from boiling water can be super hot. Once your noodles are strained, toss them up with your pesto or whatever else you decide to dress them with. Top with grated Parmesan, grab a fork, and enjoy. Before we wrap up today's show, we're going to take a walk over to the book table and hear a recommendation. 
Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, written by Judy Barrett and drawn by Ron Barrett. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is about Chewing Swallow, a town that didn't rain rain. It never snowed snow. It never blew just wind. It rained things like soup and juice. It snowed mashed potatoes and green peas, and sometimes the wind blew in storms of hamburgers. I like that at the end they move somewhere and they make houses out of bread. I don't think it's real because where would things like mashed potatoes and peas fall from the sky? At the beginning of the episode, we asked. This cold dessert that most of us eat with a spoon was enjoyed with a fork until the year 1920. What is it? The answer is ice cream. We listen to a lot of other podcasts here at Time for Lunch, and we think that you should check out Brains On. It's a great podcast for kids about science, so check them out at brainson.org. Thanks to Moxie, Frank, and Margie for sharing their voices on the show today. Time for Lunch is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Warner. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. And please stay in touch. Whether you have a joke you'd like to share, or if you'd just like to tell us what you had for lunch, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your recipes, poems, book recommendations, jokes, or anything else you think we'd like. Ask a grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. If you like, you can record yourself using the Voice Memo app on a smartphone, or you can just send a video. Please include your name, age, and address so we can send you something in return. We'll be back with more Time for Lunch. Thanks for listening. <laughs>